Our church, ICF Zurich, is celebrating its 20 years anniversary this year. And during that time, we never had a permanent home. Through the growth of our church and external factors, we always had to move location from one place to another. But this time is soon coming to an end. We are coming home. And we are so looking forward to this new chapter that we are living as a church. This new building will give us great facilities for our celebrations, great room for community, ICF college courses, and amazing room for our kids and youth facilities. If you want to be part of this project, if you want to get some information on this project called Coming Home, and maybe you want to support it financially, then please go to our website. You will get all the informations there. Thank you so much for your support. Every day we will tell you the Christmas story in a fresh, new way. The celebrations filled with great gospel music and unexpected guests. And for Christmas, the wonderful Christmas experience. The story of Christmas. Christmas season at ICF. Hello again. I love the Christmas story and I love to introduce you to two people from the Christmas story. It's Simeon and Anna. On the first side, they don't have very much in common with all of us because they lived in a time long, long time ago. And they lived in a country we don't know, maybe, and they lived with a cultural and historical background we are not familiar with. But I realized a second look is worthwhile. And just to jump into this story, I love that Andreas reads us what is written in the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2, these couple sentences. Thank you. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts 
will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Ashir. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, but then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them, at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. Thank you very much. I love to illustrate to you um, these two people from the Christmas story and how they can relate to our lives. So well, all what I was listening and hearing when I read this text was they are very old. So I came up with the idea, why don't I ask one of the oldest attendants of ICF, maybe he can relate in a better way than I can. So I asked Dieter Förster, he comes in the, he attends the 11 o'clock service and he is one of the oldest attendants of ICF. And I asked him, Dieter, what do these people, what do these two people tell you? And he has a very uncomfortable year because his, um, his wife died in a tragic accident and I thought with this background, what is he taking out of the life of Anna and of the life of Simeon? And he wrote me a whole bunch of things I like to take you with me with my own words, but at the end of the email, he wrote the following sentence. He said, and listen to that sentence in his background with all his sorrow of the loss of his wife. He said to me, it is impressive how he, Simeon, holds on to the promise and to the, and he, sorry, how he holds on to the promise and the great word he can pass on through the Holy Spirit. So this is what, what touched him about Simeon. And let's have a closer look on Simeon. Simeon is spirit-filled, he is very old, he lived in the temple, and he lived with a promise in his heart that he will not die before he will see Christ the Savior. So this is something he had in his heart. And it's just a word he received from the Holy Spirit, and maybe he read the word which is written in Genesis 49 verse 18, Lord, I wait for your salvation. He had it in his heart. We don't know for how long. Maybe he received this word when he was 10 years of age. Maybe he received this word when he was 80 years of age. But sometimes when we have a, a prophetic word, it takes time until we see it come through. And maybe also in his life, he wondered with every more day he has to get up with hurt all over, realizing that he just gets older and older and not yet seeing the prophetic word fulfilled in his life. So then maybe he had another word from Habakkuk 2 verse 3 where he says, you can be sure that it will happen even if it seems to take a long time. Maybe he hung on, he clung on this word while he was waiting day after day, 
day after day, he had this prophetic word in his heart, confirmed with the Bible, but it took some time until he sees it in his own life, and then he has another word. He just believed it. He just repeated that word. He just hang on this word like a red bar in his life, and then one day, he was at the right time, at the right place, and he met Joseph and Mary with their eight days old baby Jesus. And then he realized, now, this is what I all waited for. Now I see the prophetic word I all had in my heart. I see it to come through. And he spoke out, my eyes have seen the Savior. And he knew, now it's fulfilled. Now it's done. What a great day. I love when Jesus speaks. I love when God speaks. And um, since several years, we celebrate um, New Year's Eve with another family from ICF Bern, and the men love to, to organize the fireworks outside, and we women, we love to prepare. Um, God experience possibilities in the inside, and both are very important. And um, I love, yeah, that's true, you know, without fireworks outside, you cannot get a firework inside. So, <laughs> and uh, so we prepared last year all kinds of possibilities like Bible verses, picture from magazine, and then I gave the, the task that everyone writes down a name of a flower and what they relate to it, and also a name from the person of the Bible and what they relate on it. And it's funny to see what all comes together from small to old, from, from children to adults. It's really so exciting. So we had it all prepared, and I just chose a name of the flower, not knowing which one, so I chose it, and I read the name Dandelion, so common flower, but as a florist, not very exciting to get just this flower. And then I asked my son, who was writing down this name, I asked him, um, what do you have, what connections do you have with this flower? So he said, you know, mommy, this is one of the guys in my games, and he entertains the people with his adventurous stories. Yeah, good. I took that, but I had no any, I could not relate into my own life with that word. But I took it as Simeon. I had it in my heart because it was so strange and in the same time so strong. I just hold it in my heart. Then year was going on. I had the opportunity to prepare several messages. And all of a sudden, while I was preparing one of the messages, I had in my mind what do you speak about? You just speak about your own stories. Who, does, who is interested in listening to your stories? No one is interested to hear that message. This is not a message. This is just sharing stories. And then all of a sudden, I remembered this dandelion. I remembered the words. He is entertaining the, the people with his adventurous stories. And it was as if Jesus is telling to me, it's okay. It's okay if you share your stories because it, what, it is what you and I experience together. It's just okay. For me, I had this word in my heart 
And all of a sudden, it became way leading. It became a, a, a red bar in my life when I was doubting if I am on the right way. This is what Word of God is all meant to be. And for us, we really need to store the words of God in our hearts. And we really need to create access, not in good times. In good times, maybe, maybe we can make it without. But in troubled times, when, when challenges are around us, we need to have this red bar in our lives, the Word of God, where we can have access and just hang on these words. In the, same, in the same evening, one of our sons, he chose a picture from a magazine, any picture. And this picture meant nothing for him. But I was so surprised when I found out that the next time when we came to ICF, they changed the slide from the online announcement of face-to-face, -face, and it was exactly the same picture. They changed it. They, hit, they didn't have it before. So he chose that picture in New Year's Eve, and in first um, Sunday on January, I saw this picture on face-to-face. -face. For me, it was clear, God speaking. But then I went to my son and I said, have you recognized it's just the same picture you chose? It meant nothing for him. And until now, we don't know what this picture means, but I have it in my heart. I pray about it. And I know maybe it will go 20 years until we know what this all is about. But I have it in my heart. Maybe it's tomorrow this picture starts to just speak or it's just way leading when we have to make decisions or when our, our son have to make decisions. This is a, how God speaks, word of God. We need to store it and we need to create access whenever it's needed. One last example. I love scribble scrabble. It's an English word. It's really funny to do that. Maybe you try it in New Year's Eve. Um, it goes like that. You have an empty white piece of paper in front of you. Then you take a pen, you close your eyes, and you just draw something, anything. Just drawing. My drawing looked like that. So, and the task is you give it to the person next to you, and this person does just highlight what appears. And it's all because we're asking the Holy Spirit that he brings up some thoughts about this drawing or some whatever. So, my next person was Leo, and I gave my drawing to Leo, and he was interpreting it right away without thinking anything. And he wrote down, um, you are on TV, uh, stage is your home, and you have a creative and organic background. And then we were told to give that what we interpret back to the person who was drawing it. He was quite surprised, but he had to give it back to me. And I was also quite surprised what I was reading there. Stage is your home, you are on TV, and the, your background, and he explained it to me, the way you prepare your messages is, ve is very organic and creative. So it's quite encouraging. And I took it with me. And you know, whenever from that moment on, I was on a stage, I did not feel so comfortable because maybe it was in a foreign country or where I, not in ICF. I just hang on these words. 
and I moved forward. And I always said to myself, stage is your home. Stage is your home. And it so much encouraged me when I was doubting, when I was afraid. I hung on this creative thing we just experienced God, but it was the word of God he spoke to me through Leo. And whenever I felt stress with uh, preparing the message, I remembered, okay, it's organic. It's what in your everyday life, it's just organic and creative. You don't have to be stressed by the preparation because it just flows out of you. It was so encouraging. And also the TV thing, I mean, the TV thing, it's, it's frightening to think you are on TV. And we just stopped to be on TV last, I think, January. But because of that, scribble scrubble, I always had a window open in my heart and whenever we had an invitation coming to be on TV, I knew I can hang on. I don't feel like going to TV, but it's the right way. So I am impressed that God speaks and you maybe think, oh, God does not speak to me at all. But it's very simple. Maybe you hear a message during this year and just one sentence or just one word was, was jumping out to you. So take that. It's the word of God. It's him speaking. Or maybe you had a Bible verse last year when we, or in January, when we give out Bible verses for the new year. Take that Bible verse. Read it over and over again. Store it like Simeon did and and. Hang on until you see it fulfilled. Hang on until you know what this Bible verse is all about. This is very impressive. What we can learn, what I could learn about Simeon, to just store and have it in heart and just hang on it like a red bar. And not only had he some great inputs from God, a, a deep relationship with this God, but at the end, he could also give away some big and great words. As he said to Mary that um, her soul will be pierced, it's not a beautiful word, but sure, when Mary was next to the cross and saw her son hanging and be crucified, she remembered that word. She had access to this word and it was encouraging because all this word were saying, it's okay, it has to be like that. It's not a failure, it's not a fault, nothing did go wrong. It, it, it was planned, it was meant to be like that. And in, in times when we are in trouble, we need these words to hang on like Simeon did. And not only that, he could give away. He had also some beautiful output for others. Then we have Anna. And I love to go through Anna's profile because it's very unique and maybe very different from ours. Place of residence, temple. Age, 84. Marital status, Widow, occupation, what did she do, Anna, the whole day? She was praying and fasting. So, I don't know if you can relate to all this stuff, not me. But we read in Luke 2, verse 38, about her. 
very short sentence, it's all we know about her, coming up to them at the very moment she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. We have no idea what she was talking about of Jesus. But all we know is that the personal encounter was the reason why she was talking. And my question is, when have you had a personal encounter in your life with God for the last time? When was it? And do you remember your first encounter with God? Maybe years ago. What did you feel? What did you experience? How did Jesus touch your heart back then? How was it? Maybe you was filled with joy. Maybe you felt so forgiven like never before. Maybe you felt so free. You felt so loved. You felt such a peace back then. How was it? One morning in my quiet time, I was sitting there my whole body was hurting, my bones were hurting because I had a hard time traveling in November with all these ladies' lounges, so I was really tired that morning. And I was reading in a book about several people who gave their life to Jesus and how they felt. I read about their joy, about their freedom, about their peace they experienced, and I was thinking, oh, good for them really happy that they experienced it. For me, I do not experience these feelings at all right now. And yes, when I gave my life to Jesus, that's already a long time ago, 40 years ago. And with age of six, I cannot remember of any of these feelings. Yeah, it's just me, not part of that one. Okay, life goes on, I can live with that. But I was a little bit sad because I wished to have these encounters with Jesus, these, these life-changing encounters. And all of a sudden, it was as if Jesus is speaking to me and he was saying, you can have this encounter not only once in a lifetime, but every single day, new every day as much as you want, as much as you desire. It's available for you. And all of a sudden, right in that moment, my body still was hurting, my bones were still tired, but I was filled with a joy out of nowhere. And, I, and the joy was, was there the whole day, the whole day, just a miracle. And I realized we can experience this God and, and have these encounters every new day for you and me, for everyone, free. We don't have to earn anything of that. The only question is, how much are we ready to invest in that relationship with God? How much are we ready to spend time to just looking, searching? I love to read you some of the Bible verses that just encourage us. In Lamentations 3, verse 22, it says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassion never fail. They are new 
every morning. For you and me, new every morning. Another one in Jeremiah 29, verse 13, it says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you. It's possible to find him. The question is, how much are we willing to learn to seek him, to learn to find him? How much are we willing to just invest and spend time and trust and believe whatever is needed? You don't, le you don't need much. You just give what you have, and then it's increasing. But an encounter is possible every new day. This is the story about Simeon and Anna. For me, very impressive how much they are rooted in a personal relationship with God and how much they could give away to others. But these are people from the Bible long, long time ago. They lived in a whole different cultural background in a whole different country. But I realized it's not only them they experienced that. Also, the Desert Father experienced the same, or there are also some ancient Swiss people, they experienced the same deep relationship with God. It's possible also today. And just by calling so accident, I jumped into the Swiss anthem, and I read it, and I realized our Swiss ancestors, they had the same faith they believed and experienced God in quite similar way, like I explained you from Simeon and Anna. And I love to just in, in a few moments go through this national anthem with you. Maybe you are not Swiss, but you live in Switzerland right now. You are in Switzerland. You know how the Alps are. You know how they look maybe better than I do. You know how it feels when the sun is crawling behind the mountain up and all of a sudden rises up over on the top of the mountains and when all the mountains are red in the morning and you know how it feels when we have this, this foggy season like right now and how it is when all of a sudden the sun comes through and you know how it feels when, when there is a thunderstorm going on. I go with you through this couple texts from the national anthem because they all show the belief and the faith our ancestors had. And the only question is, do we believe what they just passed on to us? Do we believe that? Do we um, pay attention to what they believed and try to find the same? Maybe it looks different and it feels different, but it's the same experience we can experience. So let's jump into these verses and there, the first one says, when the morning skies grow red, I see you in the sea of rays. So I imagine some farmers standing up in a mountain and seeing in the morning when the sun rays are, are just rising the face and then they know, there you are, God. You are real. You're really there. And they called him most glorious, wonderful. And out of their heart it came when the Alps glow bright and red, pray, free Swiss, pray. And I, it's just as I can hear this voice from our ancestors, they call out to us and say, pray, because this is the way you get this personal relationship with this God we experience every day. 
And then it goes on, the song goes on. When the sunset comes, I find you in the starry sky. You know, in one day, there can happen a lot. And I imagine that these farmers, our ancestors, had much less than we have now. Maybe they experienced some lack of food or maybe lack of money or maybe someone died, maybe one of, of their animals died or maybe one of the family members because there were sickness around died. So they had enough reason to just question God. But no, after a long day, they were worshiping him with great words. They called him, you lover of people. After a whole day, their heart was full of worship for that God because they had a personal encounter and relationship with him. You lover of people. When heaven is clearing, I can be joyful and dream blissfully. You know, sometimes in the night we cannot sleep because we worry so much. But these ancestors, they knew all the worries they can put onto God and he cares for them. They had this personal relationship and they knew they are carried from God and they pass it on in this song and it's our turn to just believe what they experienced and to make it to our own personal experience with that God. And now it comes the foggy one. When fog covers the land and we all know how it feels right now in these days when the fog is there and you don't see anything, they called him even another word, unfathomable, eternal, because they knew he sees more than we see right now, but we still trust him. Pierce the gloom in which we cover with thy sunshine's cleansing power. They knew God is able to change the situation right when the sun comes through the fog and everything is clear again. And then the last one, when the wild storm comes, you, yourself, give us resistance and stronghold. You, almighty governing Savior. What an amazing word. From hearts of worship, they could call him different in all kind of circumstances, in all kind of seasons. During horror and night of thunderstorm, let's, let us trust him like a child. Not maybe we do or we could. They just encourage each other. Let us trust him. And it all starts with this trust from our side that we put our trust into God. We don't see him, but he is real. And we can just experience him as Anna, as Simeon, and as our Swiss ancestors.